It, it's actually started from uh, Mary Poppins. The Julie Andrews the version. Julie Andrews version, <laughs> Dick Van Dyke version. Yeah. And I was saying, man, if there was a coach that was magical in that way, what would that look like? Sport. Remember, I don't want them being able to breathe. It's still a part of Kobe's latest chapter. Not as a player, but the coach of his 13-year-old daughter Gigi's basketball team. It's a lot of fun. I mean, she's really driven, very competitive, and we have a group of kids that love the game. They have an appetite to learn more. And so I enjoy being around them. Just slow it down. Slow it down, hit her, off you go. What's the biggest challenge in coaching your own daughter? Making sure she knows that I love her whether she plays well or plays like crap. Yeah. Doesn't matter. You know, you're my daughter before you're a basketball player. And it's important that she knows that that's how I feel. And those aren't words. You have to behave that way. You have to show her that. After a tough game, you get in the car and it's forgotten. I always think that there's two types of players, players who love to win and players who hate to lose. Which one are you? Uh, I'm neither. Meaning? Neither. Uh, meaning that, you know, I, I, I play to, to, um, to figure things out. I play to learn something, right? Because I think if you, if you play with, um, with a fear of failure or you play with um, uh, the will to win or that supersedes the fear of failure, I think it's a weakness either way, right? Because if you, if you play with the fear, fear of failing, you'll have the pressure on yourself to play you know, to capitulate to that fear. If you play with the sense of, I want to win, I want to win, then you have the fear of what happens if you don't. But if you find common ground in the middle, in the center, then it doesn't matter. You're unfazed by either, right? And that enables you to really just stay in the moment, stay connected to it, and not feel anything other than what's in front of you. So, you know, I try to just be dead center. So a, a lot of people in general are afraid of failure. How did you become one of those people who doesn't seem to be afraid of failing? It doesn't exist. It's not existent. What the hell does that mean? Seriously, what does failure mean? It's not, it doesn't, it doesn't exist. It's a figment of your imagination. What does Why it mean? I'm pulling a Jedi mind trick no, on me right serious. now. Like, like, no, like, no, I'm serious. Look, I, I'm trying to think, like, how can I explain it? So, uh, let's, let's use happy endings, right? And then we can relate this to failure, why it's not existent, right? You know, everybody talks about like everybody wants a happy ending, right? Now let's go to the reality of it, right? Let's look at a fairy tale story. Let's look at Snow White. Mm -hmm. She gets a happy ending. She finds Prince, whatever. She goes on. She lives happily ever after. Well, I call bullshit on that because two months later, the fact is they had an argument and he's sleeping on the couch, <laughs> right? So the point is, the point is the story continues. The story continues. So if you fail on Monday, the only way it's a failure on Monday is if you decide to not progress from that, right? So that, so to me, that's why failure is non-existent. Because you know, if I fail today, I, okay, I'm gonna learn something from that failure, and I'm gonna try again on Tuesday. And I fail, and I'm gonna try again on Wednesday. So it doesn't exist. You know what? Should my ratings go on the tank? That's exactly what I'm gonna say to the boss. Hey, it doesn't exist. Yeah, but you know what? We should try to get on Thursday. If your ratings go on the tank, and, and you know, which they won't, but if they did, you had learned a valuable lesson. You had learned a bunch of ways of how not to make a show that sucks. So, so then, so, so then the next one would be better than the last one, right? So, are you 
telling me then, let's just say all the career statistics that you've compiled, they all still exist, um, still play for the Lakers, still, and all of that still happens. If you finished your career without a championship, you would not have looked at that as a failure. No, I would have looked at it as being extremely disappointed because I had a dream and I had goals that I wanted to accomplish, right? And if I don't accomplish those goals, I have to ask myself why. Right? So, so from my um, position, the reason why I would not have accomplished those things is um, poor leadership, failure to communicate properly with my teammates to put them in positions to be successful, um, lack of preparation. You know, all those things would be reasons why I don't win. Right, so now, if that was the case, and in my career, I have to sit and I have to analyze that, and then as I move and I evolve, you know, post basketball into business or whatever, those same weaknesses are going to reveal themselves there, right? So if I don't learn from that, I'm going, I'm going to struggle here too, right? So I can take those situations and learn from those and have them, you know, uh, make me a better person later in life. But if I don't take that stuff and apply that someplace else, then that is. That's failing, which to me is the, the worst possible thing you could ever have is to stop and to not learn. We have to get better. We have to get better at playing together. We have to get better at spacing. We have to get better at balling. Jesus Christ, can you believe I'm saying this? Was <laughs> <laughs> it motivating to you at all that ESPN ranked you the 40th best player in the league? <laughs> nah, not really. Uh, no, nah, I've known for a long time they're a bunch of idiots. <laughs> <laughs> who, who beat you in one-on-one -on -one if it ever happened in practice? <laughs> no one. <laughs> so you said he's a nice guy. Does that mean you're saying that you're conversely not a nice guy? Man, some people feel think I'm a dick. Some people think I'm a nice guy. I'm cool. I'm cool either way. Being around young players energized you. That's not a statement about maybe you'd like to see some young players on your team. Wow. That, <laughs> you know what? That's a Bikram yoga stretch. You stretched the hell out of it. Good job. Good job. But time out, I, you know, I told my teammates, I said, give me a good pick, and we're going home with a W. You really felt like you were going to win this game. I told them, give me a good pick, and we're going home with a W. <laughs> I really see you wear your jersey in here. You'd want to take it off, do you? Um, yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> Mamba out. You know, it, it's funny, like, if you look back, I had a lot of practice on road trips, sitting on planes, writing, writing, writing. No, that's not good. Let me restructure this. Let me write this story. Da, da, da. You were practicing a different craft while you were playing your craft that yeah. so many know you for. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, the structure of playing a game is storytelling. And when we sit down and we watch basketball in Act 1, Act 2, Act 3, I mean, all those acts are present throughout the course of the game. And as you're managing a game, you're managing the ebbs and flows of it, you know, the momentum shifts. Right. I mean, these are all stories, and so it's all the rules of the world. Like basketball, storytelling is a passion for Kobe, which began in high school, right around the time he was winning a Pennsylvania State Hoops title. I, I had a great speaking arts teacher who taught how to structure story, 
how to write story. You know, the world revolves around storytelling, and so it serves an important role in our society at large. I get excited to try to you know, play my small part in it. Hey everyone, this is Kobe Bryant, and I'd like to introduce you to my brain cannot, it cannot process film. It will not process film. Because if I have to, if I sit there and have to face myself and tell myself you know, you're, you're, you're a failure, I think that's, that's a worse, that's almost worse than death. As for Kobe's full story, 50 years from now, how do you want the world to look at Kobe Bryant? You know, as a person that was able to create stories that inspired their children and families to bond together and for their children to dream and have the initiative to wake up every morning and do all they can to help that dream become a reality. You know, that would be really, really cool. And Bianca says it best. I'm like, hey, where to get buckets? She goes, yeah, I'm gonna get buckets like Gigi. I'm gonna get buckets like Gigi because she just doesn't know. She has never seen me play basketball. Right. will never know, like she's too little. So in her mind, dad is just a person that puts out stories. So the, the basketball side of you will be something for the, the older set. If I'm doing everything right, that's what will happen. You know, but if you talk to Michael and you talk to myself, I'm sure we'll sing his praises to the heavens. You know, and Michael didn't want to play for any other coach when, when he had him. Uh, I mean, that's just, that's just how it is. Do you think, think maybe he's still how, how, how willing was was he just in the course of playing for him to adapt to changes in personnel? Or well, I mean, it's, it's his theory. I mean, it's his philosophies, you know, the things that he lives by. It's the whole Zen, the Zen master thing. I mean, he, he really believes in letting things unfold and allowing players to develop and allowing the team to kind of grow into their identity and, you know, for guys to communicate with each other and be able to adapt on the fly with each other, you know, removing himself from the equation, which I think is part of the mastery of what he's done. What, what does Mike have to do to succeed in that show? That's a pretty big shadow. Well, I, I think Mike has some of the same characteristics in terms of not micromanaging the team, kind of setting guys up and putting guys in the right position to be successful. And, you know, he was one, probably one altercation away in San Antonio from getting to the finals. What, what do you think Phil was just too large? Excuse me? What aspects of Phil's coaching have you held on to? Everything. Everything. I'm, I'm basically the baby's in master.